Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It's an awesome Valentine's Day edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We are live right here on C2CRadioShow.com, Spreaker.com, and NewAttitudeMedia.com. I'm Stan Grubb, and my co-host, with the most, who's just discovered some early greetings for his birthday. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? What's going on? What are you doing? Oh, it's 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 takeover. It's it's Vengeance Day is what they're calling this takeover. Do you, do you do you feel the, the NXT vengeance takeover? Day. Yeah, it's Vengeance Day. So vengeance they, Day. Yeah. I liked it. They took uh, Vengeance, the old WWE pay per view, and turned it into NXT Vengeance Day. Which okay, there you go. And they made a whole day out of it. It's a day. It's a day, yeah. man. From midnight to midnight. I, mean, I don't know about a whole day. God, I mean, that just reminds me of WrestleMania, that one WrestleMania, what, 13 or 12 or whatever. Oh, whatever. what year was it that they did it all day long? It was like from like noon, remember? Yeah, and, and the sad part is we all got together and watched it. <laughs> oh, well, first, first we beat the hell out of each other. And then we watched WrestleMania. Then we watched WrestleMania. <laughs> we were stupid enough to think that that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, there's a lot of lose, and it is uh, going to be rapid fire tonight. We're going to do the – it used to be a, a different show that did this, but we're going to do the fastest 90 minutes in wrestling, Brian. That's 90. what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Just 90? 90 minutes. What about 120? That's two hours. Well, and normally we would. Hours? Normally we would, but you know, I, I have I have a Valentine's Day oh, no. exception no. that I had to make. You're not no, you can't no. you can't. I've already been hit in the face with no. the whip. I'm not getting it on the no. back. It ain't happening. Not my problem. Not my problem. Hashtag not my problem. Uh, look, hashtag not my co-host. How about that? <laughs> you try to get me killed. <laughs> no, just look at her and be like, just tell her. Look her eye. Oh, yeah? Look her eye right now. Uh-huh. And tell her. Okay. I've spent all weekend with you. Okay. Okay. And we may not have been alone. We may have had the kids. We may not have. I don't know. Uh-huh. But I was with you all weekend. Uh-huh. So now it's time to hang with a butt. So, can I ask you something? At uh, my funeral... Are you planning on giving no, a good no long funeral. eulogy? What are you talking about funeral? You I got, just want to know. Are you, you going to give a good eulogy for me? You have, you have nothing to give her after you're gone. Right? <laughs> you're more valuable to her alive than you are. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you hear that, honey? I'm more valuable to you alive. So just, just feel better now. <laughs> like, right. You need me to be alive. This is what happens when you're a married man. Rob's not even on the air right now with you two. Yeah, but Rob's doing dad duty. I Rob's on dad duty. We gotta be fair. He's doing dad things. No, he's 
He's doing dad things. Yeah, he's got dad things to do. Don't don't yeah, get it twisted. Dad things. Rob ain't getting hit in the face with no whip. It's me. It's me who gets hit in the face. Why? Brian, one day I'll show you the pictures, man. There's scars. Oh, I'm sure. There's sure. vicious, sure. vicious of wounds. That's why you ain't been out of the house in a year. Yep, yeah, that's why. There's nothing else happening. <laughs> Dude, there's so much wrestling news that has happened in the past two weeks. Um, I don't even know really where to start. Um, Jesus. Let's start with some of the obvious stuff. The Forbidden wait, Door. The wait, for- hold on. Wait, you're going to tell me to hold on? Yeah, I'm going to tell you to hold on. Okay, fine. What am I holding on to? All right, so we're going to have to take us. A step away from the uh, squared circle for a second. Oh, okay. I'm following. Okay. Let's do this. Where are we headed? And, and, and 12 o'clock this afternoon. Yes. The final trailer for Justice League came out. Yes. The Zack Snyder edition. And I'd just like to say that uh, it looked incredible. All right. However... So- I am excited that you brought this up first. I really am. All right. All right. Well, you, let's, talk, let's talk trailer real quick because I'm about to drop more news on you. Okay. In so, relation to this. So let's see here. Um, I don't know if we can really do a full breakout without doing like a YouTube video kind of deal and just doing frame by frame. But let's okay. go over some of the big parts. Uh, big parts. Superman in the black suit. Yes. From, we get. Uh, What's the storyline in the comics? Return of Superman uh, from Doomsday, basically. Um, Batman with the Nightmare. A full-fledged, more than just a a cameo kind of scene, a full-fledged scene, which includes huge, huge moment there with the Joker. And not Suicide Squad gangsta Joker. No, we're talking full-on like a, a hybrid of Heath Ledger... Jared Leto's Jack Nicholson's Joker, and we haven't even really seen everything that this entails, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that. And then, hey, how about the big part? The big part where Wonder Woman is looking at what appears to be like a a monument wall with some uh, mythical writing on there, and we see the image, and then we see the movement of Darkseid. I yes. mean, dude, does it get any better than that? Well, so I got chills. I kind of got chills, right? Because I enjoyed the first movie. I'm a big comic book fan. Yeah. Uh, full on was involved with Zack Snyder uh, movement, you know. Yep. The, we, want the, we want the cut, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's getting closer day by day, you know, and he's been screwing with us so terribly bad yes right literally and today i got goosebumps right little now, little know? screenshots and and yeah. teaser images mm-hmm. and today i got goosebumps i really did but the 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 um i don't know i don't know i don't know about this new news though so, I guess Warner Brothers is officially confirming the Justice League Justice is Great edition. Wait, what? Yeah. I don't know what this is. Justice is Gray. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, Snyder is saying it's his most ideal version. So I don't know if this is what we're this is like what we're gonna get, or if we're gonna get one down the road that's black and white, or or what? Oh yeah, it could be a black and white version. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's they're crazy. They're just taking my money. Taking my money. I'm, little turkeys. That yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's not the first time they've ever duped us. Um, yeah. Let's see here. I, I, I'm frantically looking up on Google trying to find something here. I'm not finding anything. We'll have to source that out. Maybe link it on the site. <clears throat> I got to tell you, when we saw Justice League and we saw it opening weekend, um, we saw it in Tennessee, if you remember. Yep. I was pleasantly surprised by it, but there was so much room for improvement, right? We obviously saw it. There was the CGI on Henry Cavill's face when he had the mustache. There was the obvious stuff that was missing, like... Because remember, even walking into the theater, we were talking about, oh, we're going to see Black Suit Superman. We're going to see, you know, all of these things that were teased that we saw none of. We saw a brief glimpse of something that's supposed to be a Green Lantern, but... In the past, or yeah. on another planet, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we saw Steppenwolf, who wasn't necessarily a bad villain, but we knew that it wasn't what we were supposed to be seeing. Like, you could tell that it wasn't the movie we were supposed to be seeing. So, as soon as the Snyder Cut was rumored, as, as soon as that happened, we were like, well, we gotta see the Snyder Cut. We gotta see what it's supposed to be. Because now we don't know what it's supposed to look like outside of just the basics, right? So, right. as soon as we get the confirmation that, no, 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 Batman was supposed to have a much longer nightmare and we were supposed to see a full-fledged vision of what happens with Apocalypse, Dark Side's involved, and then we find out that there's supposed to be more of the Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter, and we're like, what the hell did we get robbed of? <laughs> and, and, you know... I, I can only really like uh, compare this to uh, Superman Two. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Donner edition of the Donner the cut. The Donner edition, yes. Yeah. Which is one hundred percent completely different. Oh, it's a completely different kind of movie. The yeah. Movie I grew up. With. Yep. And it, it, you know, watching these the trailer today, it's almost like. Holy cow, this looks like a, a completely different movie. Yeah, the camera shots so are different. scenes, the what in the world am I looking at here? But I'm down with it. Let's go. I can't wait for March. I think it is March. Yeah, it's there's so much to really unwrap. I mean, when you really look at all of the different pieces of what what we have opportunity for with this this new movie and it's going to be 4 hours long so the anticipation here is it's going to be four 1 hour basically episodes or mini movies on HBO Max and then when it's completed when it, everything is finished airing to my understanding there's going to be a Blu-ray DVD Oh you cut out there but Sorry about that. So, to my understanding, there's going to be a Blu-ray DVD once the release is done. Uh, I mean, four-hour 
Snyder cut. I mean, this it doesn't get any better. Mm-mm. I can't. I can't wait. Um, there's there's footage footage of the Flash saving who I assume is Iris. Hello. You hear me? Yeah, that's better. Okay, I'll have to. I'm gonna have to stop uh, using this headset. I think your internet's acting up. Yeah, it is. Is it mine? Could be both. Ah, oh, the wonders of Hello. my live radio. <laughs> Can you hear me? I hear you. We're live, pal. Oh, okay. All right, live, live, pal. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got. Uh, uh, I guess we got run this fast forward. Yep, yep. So right now we got. Uh, yeah, my Skype is doing the same thing here. Damn. Well, shoot. Good. Are we still on? Yeah, we're on. We're we're broadcasting. All right, let's go. Where do you want to go? Let's take it. <laughs> take this thing wherever you want to go. All right, so Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai win the first ever Dusty Cup for uh, NXT tonight. Uh, Kushida loses to Johnny Gargano after literally beating the piss out of this guy um, for... 20 minutes, I think. But it was a great matchup. Uh, We had uh, the Men's Dusty Cup where MSK, formerly known as the Rascals, have beaten the Grizzled Young Veterans. And right now we've got uh, Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, and Io Shirai in a triple threat to the NXT Women's Championship going on right now as we speak. Um, but Brian, as before we talked about the Snyder cut, I mean, we've got so much wrestling news that happened in the past two weeks and it's got to start. It really has got to start with the forbidden door, uh, seemingly being open and, and not just open a little bit wide open. Yeah, that thing was kicked open. Uh, and for those that don't know what he's talking about is, is now official, AEW, New Japan, and Impact are all in cahoots, pulling shenanigans on the wrestling world. And it's um, it's it's crazy. Kenta makes the first stab. If you really want to want to look at it, Kenta comes in, attacks Moxley at the close of the um, six man tag between. Omega and the Good Brothers against Moxley, Phoenix, and Pac. Great matchup, by the way. That six-man tag was amazing. Um, We get the Falls Count Anywhere the following week, which, I mean, for a Falls Count Anywhere match, it's kind of tough to predict how those matches are going to go and how they're really going to come out on television. But uh, Tony Storm just totally botched the table. Good job, Tony. Dummy. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but, um, we had a pretty decent, like I said, false count interwear matchup where Kenta's there the whole time that this is happening. Um, Tama of the gorillas of destiny, the, uh, bullet club West, so to speak. Um, or is it East? No, they would be East. They'd be East. We're West. Right, right, right. Yeah, bullet West. club East basically stating that this is all bull crap and that, the Bullet Club is not is not all together, and that the people in America that are claiming to be Bullet Club are not actually Bullet Club. 
versus what we've seen in recent weeks with Kenny Omega and Don Callis claiming that the band is indeed back together. So, I mean, that's in and of itself a huge moment, not to mention Tony Khan confirming that the Forbidden Door is now open, not just in the interviews, but also in his paid TV time for Impact. Are they not the funniest thing on TV right now? I like seeing the back and forth with him and Tony Schiavone. I think that's the best part. Um, Schiavone just has the great, you know, straight man role there where he's getting fed all this information by Tony. Tony says something outlandish, and then it's suddenly, what? What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> and Tony just has this shocked look on his face. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed those advertisements. Yeah, it's... What, what's great, though, is they allow it to happen. Yeah. You know, you know, Impact is gracious enough to say, okay, go make fun of us. And... Uh, I would, you know, it's so it's so refreshing, and not just in the wrestling world, but for two companies, you know, just to come together for the sport and the fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I said we're going to do this, and you know, we're going to try and do it right, and you know, we're we're just going to do it and see where this goes. Well, and this is where not having an audience actually puts impact on level ground with AEW. So when an AEW wrestler shows up at impact, because there's no crowd during the tapings, you can literally do whatever you want and it'll come out however you want it to come out on TV. Cause all you have to do is call the commentary, right? So right. when we get the Hardys and or Matt Hardy and private party showing up, that's a major moment versus let's just say it was at, wherever impact normally does TV with their audience that may not have come off the same. Well, so I think it would have come off the same. However, especially with impact impact has the, you know, I don't know if they still do, but you know, they would tape so many weeks in a row. Right. Uh, and again, I don't know if they still do it, but it, there was a time. And I mean, think about it. There would be absolutely no way you could hide. Matt Hardy and Private Party right. on a taped show for any length of time, especially if there's a crowd. It just ain't going to happen. So you would spoil it. But I, to me, the benefit of not having a crowd is that anybody can be there, and when you see it, you're going to see it you know, as it unfolds, and there will be nobody to spoil it. Right, right. So there's there's no, to my knowledge, there's no impact spoilers available. I haven't really looked them up in a good amount of time, but usually when impact tapes their shows, there's at least three different Twitter accounts that you can look up and see the results like as they happen. That's not the case anymore. You can't find out if there's a title change. You can't find out if there's a surprise uh, signing or anything. These guys are just showing up and they're, they're they're just out of nowhere. It, it's great television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, who's it, Juice Robinson and uh, uh, David Finley. Yeah, who, who I guess are are advertised for Tuesday. Uh, I think this Tuesday, according to the video. Yeah. Um, 
do you, you know, this is like only one of the rare times they actually televised or not televised, but advertised something like this. All right, so you didn't know the Good Brothers, you didn't know Private Party, um, you know, you didn't really other you knew Omega, I guess, because yeah. Callus was like, ah, tune in Tuesday, but so you knew a little, but you still get the surprises, which is nice. Well, and and the thing is, when when it happens on AEW, the crowd that you do have, they treat it right. Like you get to hear. The, the organic response. And that's probably been the biggest benefit of AEW bringing their crowd back is that the responses aren't canned and they're not planned. So right. you get an organic response from a crowd. And if they're, if they don't like you, they legitimately don't like you. Like, you know that there's something maybe not working. Io uh, Shirai just uh, defended successfully over Martinez and Tony Storm. In what Brian, I can only describe to you as just a complete debacle of a matchup. Um, everything from a blown table spot to what appears to be, it looks like Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez is hurt. It looks like she's got a, a knee injury, so that may they may, they may have just rushed the finish on that. Uh-huh. But uh, I believe the saying is, and still. Indeed. And still, your NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai. And hey, I like Io Shirai, but I, I feel like this is Martinez's time. I think this would have been her opportunity. Um, Tony Storm, young enough to where she has plenty of time to do it. Io Shirai, same thing. But I feel like Martinez, she's almost 40, isn't she? She's been in the business for 20 Yeah, she's been a long time. So, to me, this this seems like an opportunity where... Just a missed opportunity, obviously. But if she's hurt, that's probably why. Is my guess, anyway. Oh, boy. So, uh, sticking with the Forbidden Door, though, keeping us on topic, it's not just Kenta that's shown up. And now Finley and uh, Juice Robinson, which, Brian, at the end of No Surrender last night is when they aired this video... And as I'm, I'm, I'm closing out my computer at this point. I'm, I'm turning the stream off and everything, and I see this video because I thought it was a New Japan thing airing afterwards. I didn't right. think it was actually like, these guys are coming to Impact. <laughs> so so I'm sure you saw it last night in the chat. Our friend Shane, you know, he's like, hey, Finju's coming to Impact. And I'm like, who, who the hell is Finju's? <laughs> First off, then he tells me, and I'm like, Wait, that was actually for impact. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was completely like just baffled. I'm like, uh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, so I I, uh, I saw it this morning because mm-hmm. I, I didn't get uh, the pay per view last night. Um, I guess for impact, I'm just gonna hold off for the really big ones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw it this morning, and I was like, "Holy cow, this is crazy!" That you know, this really solidifies the the thought that anything can now happen. Yeah. And I cannot. I, you know, I almost want uh, Suzuki to get over here and maybe go toe to toe with Lance Archer or Moxley or. You know, somebody we can get a big old slugfest out of. Well, you've got 
New Japan, I believe it's called New Beginnings or New Japan Strong. I don't remember the show that it's called. But that's going to have Mox and Kenta for the U.S. title. That's coming up here in the next few weeks. You've got, like right now, NXT Vengeance. Next week is the Elimination Chamber. The week after that is, um, damn, what's the February? Oh, Revolution. AEW Revolution. Um, then you've got another Impact pay-per-view. And before we know it, we're at WrestleMania and another New Japan show. And I mean, this is rapid fire major wrestling events happening. Um, it's We were joking about it before we went on the air. It's that time of year we love to hate because we can't keep up with all the damn pay-per-views. Yeah, well, and now each one is just as important as the others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to see tonight Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. Um, I mean, I don't care who you want to win this match. It's going to be good. These, these are two guys that they're going to leave everything that they have in the ring tonight, and it's going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, with what, what we've seen, like last night, uh, Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer at No Surrender. Uh, you know, Tommy Dreamer celebrating his 50th birthday last night and with a world title shot against Rich Swan. An opportunity to go out on top, and I really got the feeling last night from his matchup that this may have been his his swan song, his retirement match. Um, he broke his finger in the middle of the match. That was pretty nasty. I don't know if you've seen this footage, Brian, but his pinky finger gets dislocated in the midst of him uh, catching Rich in a dive. He's laid out there. Referee rushes outside the outside the ring to check on him grabs his hand, he's looking at it, and you see his pinky is just pointed completely sideways. Ouch. Yeah. So you, the referee, and, and they're selling it. And, you know, I think I've seen Tommy Dreamer actually, you know, fix his fingers before on TV. But literally, they're, they're spacing it out. They have a guy dressed up as the doctor, like in a full-on doctor's uh, coat, run down to the ring to check with Tommy Dreamer. It was really actually well done. It's a well-done piece of the match. And he gets, he rolls back into the middle of the ring, and then takes his finger and pops it back into place. It was, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> um, so I mean, there's moments like that. You're gonna have those kinds of things tonight alone, Brian. We got three different major signings. So there's two independent signings that just happened yesterday: um, Casanova and Blake Christian. Blake Christian, of course, formerly of Impact Wrestling, a great standout. He actually wrestled last night at No Surrender, was one of the first eliminated in the Triple Threat Revolver match, which that's a matchup that I would like to see uh, done on the indies, most specifically with UCW. I think we could really have some fun with that. Um, but getting back into what we are talking about, Taya Valkyrie, we talked about it a, a, about a month ago that we figured maybe she'd show up at the Royal Rumble. Well, she's not at the Rumble, but guess what? She's coming to NXT. And then the news at the beginning of NXT as Eli Drake debuts and is now L.A. Knight, which, I don't know, (laughs) it's going to take some getting used to for the name. Um, But these are major moves, and... NXT has quietly been acquiring talent again. Probably this is the first time they've done kind of a mass signing since maybe 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. 
And it feels to me like Triple H is finally just saying, all right, you know what? If this is what I'm responsible for, fine. Just let me do what I do. And NXT has actually not been a bad show. Um, it's, it's difficult to turn away from AEW Dynamite because right now the big story is what are they going to do next? You know, you've got the Good Brothers coming out there with the Impact Tag Team titles, seemingly reforming the Bullet Club with Kenny Omega. Um, you've got John Moxley, who's working everywhere right now. AEW most recently, but he's going to be working in New Japan here in a couple weeks. And then he's advertised for Major League Wrestling. No, not Major League Wrestling. I'm sorry. Josh Barnett's Bloodsport against uh, Harry Smith or the British Bulldog Jr. So we've got so many different things happening at once. It's honestly hard to keep up with. Uh, So as far as the signings go, um, I see we haven't learned our lesson, but, uh, you know, hats off to them. Um, again, I, I, they're just snatching up talent to snatch up talent. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you have more people on NXT, bigger names on NXT and ultimately what's going to happen. So now instead of these, these, uh, wrestlers getting uh you know forgotten on raw and smackdown now they're going to be forgotten on um uh, nxt right because i mean think about it right realistically right so you bring in ty valkyrie and again i'm not, not you know it's a good sign i would have signed her if i had you know if i had the ability love child of john cena and dana brooke right right but whose spot does she now take Right, she, she, you, with her, you can't just relegate her to the back of the pack. Well, no, she's a major name. She's not like right. she's not like Rachel Ellering when when she came in for the May Young Classic. She was known but not huge. Taya Valkyrie is a former world champion multiple times. Right, you, you kind of have to put some major attention to her when you bring her in. Right. However, that major attention has to come at the expense of somebody else. Which, at this point, I mean, who do you take it away from? Do you take it away from, you know, the hot Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez? Do you take it away from Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley? You know? Again, but, I mean, it's going to happen. Even if it's Santana Garrett, right? Right. Who was a big name. Um, uh, where'd she come from? She was uh, NWA Women's Champion. And, and, she, yeah, and she had wrestled it was an impact. Somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, it was somewhere else too with uh, like uh, uh, Tessa and, and the rest of them. Oh, Queens uh, of Combat. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, she's a big name too. Mm hmm. Um, she got her respect yet? She got her due yet? Hell no. She's As a matter no. of fact, she's still a huge missed opportunity. Um, yes. We watch her every chance we get, and I pop, you, you know I do, I pop every time I see her. I'm like, there's yes. Santana Garrett. That's so cool. And she yes. usually jobs out, which is ridiculous because, it to me, it makes about as much sense as what we watched with Daniel Bryan back in 2015. You knew his run was coming to an end at that point, but you have the hottest character in the business right now, and you ignore him for Roman when it wasn't his time. Right. And, and again, you know, 
I'm not saying nothing about the signings. Right. But they haven't. They have not learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently, there was a letter uh, that surfaced uh, for SmackDown. You're not getting raises. You're yeah. not getting promotions. You're not getting all that stuff. So, I've, I've got a working theory on that, by the way. Well, I mean, I, I think so, too, because that kind of happens when there's game afoot. Mm-hmm. Something is yeah. happening right now. And if you're not paying attention to the stock market, you better you better put your, your mathematics hat on here. Because uh, WWE is getting ready for something. And it's something yeah. big. Uh, and it's not something uh, big in a way that makes Vince McMahon look like a hero. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, get back to Taya. So for Taya to come to NXT, right, instead of going to probably where she'd be needed more, Raw, mm-hmm. right, she goes to NXT. Well, your NXT roster is just as big, if not bigger, than the other two rosters. Right. It's probably bigger, I would imagine. Well, you're not traveling, so you can't have, like, you know, two different touring groups. Mm-hmm. You got one. You don't have you don't have the TV time for everybody. So all they're doing is showing up and getting a paycheck. That's not good business. Mm-mm. You're not making stars. You're relying on names. And Tyre will maybe move the needle a little bit. Eli Drake's not. I mean, he would have to go full on with the whole button thing again. I'm here uh, for it. I am here for it. I want to see that. <laughs> but but yeah. will they do it? Yeah. <laughs> will they do it? Probably not. Because look, yeah. look at who he is now, L.A. Knight. You, you, yep. I mean, so. So I you're going to have to spend six months building up L.A. Knight to have people believe yeah. in him. And then maybe you get that. So that's, yeah, that's a good point, Brian, because that's six to eight months of building up a character that let's face it. I mean, NWA, you had to look for it to find it, right? It wasn't widely produced impact. Same thing. Okay. Brian and I were just talking about this before we went on the air. You literally have to force yourself to find it. And that's not because they've done something wrong. It's just that we as fans from both brands have been led to believe, Hey, it's gone or it's going to be gone. It's just, that's what wrestling has done. It's not a WWE thing or a W thing. It's just what it's happened. So Eli Drake isn't necessarily a bad signing at all. He's huge, but he's not as recognizable as Taya Valkyrie. Right. That's not a dig at him. It's just the truth. Yeah. And the other thing is too, to the casual fan, right? Mm -hmm. Now I would imagine that COVID has probably brought the casual fan to NXT. Right, whereas it used to be NXT was more your hardcore wrestling fans, mm-hmm. right? But I would imagine there are some now casual fans that have crossed over that maybe heard of Eli Drake, right. but don't know what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They've heard about him. They don't know what he looks like. And then here's it. What what does he call L- uh, L- L.A. Knight? Knight. Now okay. he does so, he does say his name with the same cadence and delivery that he did Eli Drake. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's still sticking with that character, just a different name. But again, it's a different name. Right, right. So the casual fan, this guy's going to come in and you're going to be like, who's this guy? Well, you, you remember back in the day, and this is 
this is like way past baseball. So for our newer fans, they might not know. But remember when Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase came to WWF? Jim Duggan was a badass in world class. He was brutal. Ted DiBiase was a badass. We get to WWF, and first thing we see is Jim Duggan becomes a two-by-four wielding Nimrod. That, I mean, it was it was cartoon-like, and it made him larger than life, but that's not the Jim Duggan we saw, you know, in Mid-South and in World Class. But you have to remember that the WWE has always been... Like a different class. Yeah, an island, class, an island just, unto itself. Right, right. So they didn't really get into, like, the gore that all these other places got into. Very true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, God, I don't, I don't really remember in the 80s seeing blood in, in the WWE. The only I color I remember seeing in WWF at the time was Hogan, Bundy, um, Savage didn't do it. Honky Tonk Man didn't do it. Even when Savage got leveled with the guitar over his face. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The cage was different. Yep. Right? Everybody else had the chain link fence. We had the big blue bars. Yeah, the big... It was <laughs> crazy. Yeah, the big blue bars. I never that understood that. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I would imagine it was to help prevent the blood. Right, because yeah. you can't, you can't. So, like, in in the other federations, especially let's let's take uh, Mid Atlantic, mm-hmm. right? The Crockett's, right? If you put the right two people in the into a steel cage, by the time it was done, it would be the proverbial crimson mask. Oh yeah, <clears throat> right. Somebody's face would have started at one side of that cage and been scraped all the way across. And it to the point where you can actually, like, oh, no blood as he goes into the cage, but by the time he's over, you know, his head is laid open. And you didn't, you, you can't do that with the blue bars, right? I mean, think about, if you, if you research your memory, right? If you think about it, probably the f- biggest... And first time that you probably remember bloodshed in the WWE's Austin. Well, I would say for our younger fans, that'd probably be true. Um, Austin well, or... Like, for me, for me, I can remember Hogan and Bundy at WrestleMania 2. Right? I can remember that because Hogan just... That was back when the Blade Jobs, probably because camera work and we didn't know to look for it, but... Was was to me? It seemed like unless you just had an obvious moment, you really really couldn't tell. But if you look at that, that's where Hogan's standing over top of him in the corner doing the ten punches of doom, you know, on the turnbuckle. But he is he's hard weighing him right above his eyebrow, and you can right. see just bam, 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 bam. He's just working the cut to make it even bigger. But outside of that, like if I was to fast forward through times, because we saw, you know, you saw um, Dustin Rhodes. Saturday night's main event, Dustin Rhodes get bloodied by Ted DiBiase, which, I mean, that's 1991. Mm-hmm. So, so literally, we're talking years. We have Hogan and Bundy. Right. 
you have Dustin and and Ted. Yep. And then you flash forward to Austin, uh-huh. uh, at, uh, where Brett beats him, and he passes out. Right. And and after that, it picks up. Right. But if you if you actually think, go back and think, even the casual fan that watched uh, the NWA can probably name a hundred of those. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, the WWE has always been more fam, fam, family friendly. Right. Family or, or, or kid friendly, I guess. No, I right? think family oriented is probably true. I would say that's probably correct. Because your your average uh, fan of, of Crockett wrestling, basically, was is, in my opinion, still the basic um, hardcore wrestling fan. Right, and I would right. say that's a teenager to young adult. Well, yeah, but see, at, at, back in the day when Crockett's were around, they did have the old old women, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that would just cuss you out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, but again, they, they're just they're just so different, uh, the two uh, federations. So, I don't even remember. What did, how did we get here? <laughs> so we were talking about how, um, Jesus. Now I'm now I'm confused. Right? <laughs> no, you're oh, shit. <laughs> right, so we talking about Eli Drake. So we were talking about getting getting these names that people typically would recognize. And what, I, what how this started was we talked about Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase. Oh, that's and it. That's it. Yeah. Because you remember DiBiase is a badass. You're like, holy cow, this guy. And then all of a sudden he's the million dollar man. Not exactly a bad character, but. Certainly different from how he used to be with the black glove. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what federation? Um, so that's mid south. Was that mid south? Yeah. Who was he? Because I, I I'm trying to remember what feud he was in before he jumped to mm. the WWF. I guess would have been at the time. He had a big feud. Like you know, of course, back then most of them turned into blood feuds, but he had a really big feud with. I mean, I just can't remember. He he had actually a pretty decent feud with JYD, with Jake Roberts, with Jim no, no, Duggan. With somebody else. But yeah, here's a else. lot of footage here. I just pulled it up just now. It's Ric Flair. <laughs> um, so that's that's something that. Psh, come on, man! You wouldn't have seen that in WWE. We didn't see hey. Ted DiBiase versus Ric Flair. We should have because that would have been amazing. Well, yeah, but we we probably didn't have the television for it. Right. Because, again, other than if it wasn't for ESPN, mm-hmm. I would have never seen, you know, the wrestling I saw after school. You know, uh, because you couldn't find – it's not like the at age of cable where you can watch uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, without ESPN, I wouldn't have seen all that stuff. But, hey, speaking of Ric Flair going to all these different promotions, mm-hmm. how cool would it be? If New Japan, ROH, AAA, AEW, and Impact gave us one world champion. So, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I have I've thought about that in the past. Like, if they were to just say, you know what, we're going to do a one world champ. We can have our independent titles, but we're right. going to have one world champion. And that would be cool on a lot of reasons. You know, if, for, like Kenny Omega right now is wrestling's hottest commodity. Not sports entertainment, but wrestling's hottest commodity. I still think the top guy in WWE is Drew McIntyre. 
but everywhere else, it's Kenny Omega. He's the world champion. He is still able to have a match. I mean, he can pretty well go with anyone. It doesn't matter. Mm. The guy's able to work with everyone. Um, and, and he's recognizable. He's marketable. And right now, his character is very, very similar to how Hulk Hogan turned. It's just doing it in subtle ways, and it's not as amped up, which I'm fine with. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not a dig. It's just he's done the heel turn right. I really do think that he's done well with it. Um, but if we had him as world champion, that again comes back to that age-old problem that NWA used to have with having everybody agree on who should be champion. But maybe that time, Brian, has passed. Maybe we do have finally an unselfish era where people are willing to say, no, this helps everyone. Well, so... I, I, other than... How do I say this? I mean, I, I think you probably have an un, unselfish uh, attitude right now. Because, again, you have a number of promotions involved here. But I, I think it would be kind of, it would be a whole lot easier now to pull it off. Yeah. With, I mean, cause I mean, if you go back and think, right. So you had Ric Flair, mm-hmm. right. Outside of Hulk Hogan. Right. There really wasn't a champion on that level. No, and there. You know what I'm saying. You had Flair and Hogan, and everybody else was a distant third. Right. I, I mean, a you very had Bobby distant Winkle, third. You had yeah. Martell, but to me, they wouldn't have been marketable nationwide. No, right. Because Even while they when, had they had great strengths in the ring, or great right. strengths on the microphone, they didn't have the complete package. Yeah, maybe Bachwinkle earlier, but not you know not at that time. I mean, yeah. he was probably getting on up to 45, 46. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, even when Kerry won, right? right. Kerry have, could have gone, I think, and pushed the national champion thing, but I don't know. He couldn't. There were certain things to me that I would have lacked, right, that I would have needed on that national level. Um. But I mean, think about today. There's so many. There's so many, mm-hmm. right? Moxley, as long as you put him in the right, uh, um, right fit. Yeah. Right. Omega. I mean, God forbid, Okada. Cody. Naito. Cody. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, to me, the list is so long. Well, and then let's spread this out just a little bit. So you said Okada. Let's go a little further. I think Moose would have that kind of appeal. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Moose believer or fan, but I it would be stupid to not recognize his star power. Wait, so speaking of that, right? So I remember when Moose started, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching Impact. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of got stale, yep. right, for me. Well, flash forward to recently, right? If Moose gives me the Moose he gave me at that pay per view in the uh, the the, the six man match or whatever, mm-hmm. if I get that Moose and I get the Moose in the suit and the way Moose cut the promos, I'm down with Moose. I, I think Moose could go on to be a huge star. 
Well, and last night, um, Moose, first off, I expected to see Moose more, more last night. But mm-hmm. what we saw of him last night at the end of the, w, the WWE, <laughs> at the end of the Impact World title match, he comes out after Dreamer and Swan are basically shaking hands and, you know, doing the good guy, good guy kind of thing. And he came, came out and just beat the crap out of both of them, just waffled mm-hmm. them. And then he poses with both titles, holding them up and is flexing. And the dude is chiseled in stone. It's just, it's ridiculous. And this is a guy that, you know, to his credit has said, you know what? I know I got, I did this and it got a little stale like Brian just described. Um, and he, he honed his craft. Do you remember that time where he started dressing like Butch Reed? Like where he had like the headband and the, and kind of like the, the cape or whatever. Like he has, he has I think been, I did. I think I do. And he's been willing to adapt his character to whatever it takes. If it needs to be mm-hmm. funny, he'll be funny. If it needs to be dramatic, he can be dramatic. And now, I mean, now you've got a guy that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like heel monster, yeah, uh, moose, <laughs> quite quite a bit, quite a bit. I think um, I think that the problem that we have in in with to your point of talking about a unified world champion, moose is in my opinion would remind me a lot of how Kerry Von Erich was at his height. Mm-hmm. He'll win that title, and it will be a huge moment. But after that, it's going to be how do you follow up, and you don't have someone to follow up with. You really yeah, don't. I, I think with Moose, Ooh. though, Moose may not necessarily need the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. But if you give him the right mouthpiece, Moose becomes that much bigger, that much better. You put one one or two people with Moose, kind of what you're doing with Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He become like he, his his game gets stepped up. Yeah, and it's almost like okay, well, I now understand what y'all were trying to do. You know what you're trying to do, but you should have done it years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moose is kind of in that same boat. I mean, you're you're you've got him to a certain point. Well, maybe he needs a little bit of help to put him over. Um, and again, I, I, you know, the, 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 the manager is such a lost art. Oh, it really is. And I mean, there's, there's only a few of them left, man. There's, um, on the major wrestling scene right now, you've got Malcolm Bivens in NXT, formerly known as Stokely Hathaway. Uh, he's out of Evolve. You've got Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, um, I don't know if I, well, I guess you can call him a manager. He does he does manager stuff. Jake Roberts, um Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Uh Don Callis, I guess, is the manager for Kenny Omega. And that's kinda it. Is there any other real managers out there? Uh I'm sure there are. I'm sure New Japan may have one or two, but um Triple uh, there ain't seen NWA in a while, so I'm sure, you know again I'm sure they're out there, but you know it's not like in the old days where you'd have five or six managers. Yeah. Uh, you know, per federation. So like right before the Royal Rumble, I remember watching um, Royal Rumble 1990, where it was Hogan and, and the Warrior first their first interaction, rowing head to head, and at one mm. point during that Rumble, you've got Slick 
Fuji, Heenan, <laughs> all on the outside, and they're all kind of being jerks to each other. And I'm thinking, man, what a golden era of wrestling that was yeah. because that was back, man, when you had everybody from Akeem to the big boss. I mean, there's so many great wrestlers, but they had, just like you said, awesome wrestling mouthpieces. And, I mean, I know of a few in the indies. You know, I know, like, Wicked Nemesis out of Alabama is phenomenal, although he's six foot five, dude. He should be in the goddamn ring, but whatever. Um, God, you know, they should do a storyline where he uh, helps out, uh, like, a small, a really, uh, like, a, a, a four foot nine, five foot talent. Oh, man. So, full disclosure, um, when I first met him was just years ago during Beyond Ringside stuff. And he was talking about a match. He was talking about a show he had performed at. And I hadn't really seen what he looked like yet. And so, of course, I did the typical, you know, oh, you're just one of those sniveling managers. Because this was all in kayfabe during those shows. You're one of those sniveling managers, always trying to take money from your people. You probably can't even really fight. And Eddie, Eddie sends me a picture while we're on the air. And then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, my God. And you can hear me on the air go, oh, holy shit. <laughs> and, and Wicked, you know, because he knows how to roll with everything, just starts laughing. He goes, I take it you found some information. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, but those are the guys that make it work. AJ, though. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what they do with AJ and the, the guy. Oh, I love Omos. Uh, Omos is great. Um, yeah. He, he's going to be, I won't say he'll be as big as Gavin Nash, but if they do it right, he'll have a major moment. He will have some major star power because he is charismatic. He, the camera loves this guy, and people <clears throat> like him. Like People talk about him on social media. Uh, Pete Dunne, you need to stop doing spray tan. You look like a carrot. That's just gross. <laughs> Ew. You get no, you get no sun in the UK. Yeah, really. Just be, be pale, dude. Be you. Embrace the pale. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, you know, I, I could see one world champ, at least for a little while. I would feel and... like a majority of them would come out of AEW, though. Well, no, I could see, I could see. Even New Japan getting involved with that. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got Okada, Naito, Kota Ibushi, um, uh, uh, freaking uh, Slingblade or, oh. or Switchblade. Yeah, Jay White. Yeah, Jay White would be a good one. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait till he comes over. I think the matchups that we see with him and Kenny Omega will be tremendous. Because you know yeah. that's what they're going to do. They're going to build to a, com- a collision between those two. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it, and honestly, once we're in a position where wrestling can travel again, could you imagine Kenny Omega? Let's just say Kenny Omega loses the title at, we'll just say the May pay-per-view. That's early. I don't see it happening. But let's say right. it happens in May and we're back to normal travel. If that could happen, we could feasibly see a feud between <laughs> him and Jay White in New Japan. And then he could come back to AEW. Uh, I, you know, honestly though, I think, because I think part of this agreement, mm-hmm. right, is that they're 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 going to these places 
with the full knowledge that you have a world champion yeah from another company right mm-hmm. and so i don't think omega loses the title and then goes i think it would be better omega aw champion and showing up you know what i'm saying as yeah. aw champion i mean could you imagine if once the the restrictions are lifted in uh uh but not the what's the big uh, big venue not the not the real big one they do uh wrestle kingdom from um uh, shoot kurgan it's, hall yeah yeah i can't remember how it's pronounced but yeah the the big hall it's, that they do um new year's dash at yeah yeah it's not yeah it's not the one they do wrestle kingdom it's the next one yeah well could you imagine that one being full oh my god and New Japan, because they still have the rights to Omega's song. I would love to see... Um, <coughs> I mean, I feel like there's there's a lot of things that we probably don't know about yet. Like, right. I feel like we will probably see, in, in the way of people that are able to come over, I think we're going to see... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that Gorillas of Destiny are on their way. Sure. Um, I feel like when Okada gets here, it's it's almost a damn certainty that he and Kenny are going to have a match. And, and if it happens on Dynamite, you might as well just not air NXT that night because no one's going to watch NXT that night. No, you might as well not air nothing for a month. Um, but anyway, think about it, though. Think about it, right? So Omega, the Bucks, mm-hmm. the Good Brothers yeah. invade New Japan during a show, jump Tomatonga yeah. and some of the other ones. Oh my God! You you realize what would happen? Not only would we miss it, so that would then drive us to buy yeah New Japan World. Oh yeah, because right. you, nobody's going to want to not see that. Like that's right. that's a huge marquee matchup. Right. Um, and if if that door is as open as they say it is, and I have a feeling it probably is, um, there's no way there's no way it just stays there. No. I Which is the best call, part? I would call into work the next day because they're normally like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, those are exhausting. Do you remember that one yes. time we watched Wrestle Kingdom at your house and it was like a four-hour pay-per-view? It was over at like one o'clock yeah. in the morning. No, we, we no, watched it, the rebroadcast. Yeah, you watched the recast. Yeah, I there was one I watched the uh, 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 not the replay, but the you know the original oh, the, air. Oh, the live stream. Yeah, and it started like I think it was Omega versus Akata, the first one. Mm-hmm. And I watched. It started like two o'clock in the morning, and I didn't go to bed till like seven o'clock. Yeah, well, and the thing is, Wrestle Kingdom. Now it's two nights, thank God. But <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom is such a huge event; you can't turn away for any match. The six uh-uh. mans are good. The you know the Will Osprey match you know is going to be good. The Zack Saber Junior match is going to be good. You can't really just say oh, I can go to the bathroom or take a nap and come back. Although, what year wasn't there a year where you fell asleep? You're like, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah. remember that. I, I mean, there because again, it's two o'clock, so literally, you got to try and nap during the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and hope she can do it. But oh, you brought up a beautiful name, Osprey. Holy cow, dude. I mean, if if they're able to do it, if we can get Osprey and geez, let's 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 go ahead and broaden this up because we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But Osprey and Sammy Guevara, oof, 
Is Ricochet still under contract? Oh That's yeah. What I need in my life right now. Well, I want to. We're gonna we're gonna close out with what I think that is, and we're gonna do a full on episode about it. But I, I have a feeling my working theory is probably true. But before we do that, I want to talk about Sammy Guevara and what's going on with him. Oh oh, Balor getting the crap beat out of him by Oni Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. I feel like Sammy Guevara is on the precipice of something huge, and his his quitting of the inner circle, Brian. I mean, we've called it. We said that MJF is probably working the inner circle to get rid of Jericho. So what's right. the first thing he does is gets rid of Jericho's buddy, Sammy Guevara. Right. So Sammy quits, and now Jericho's all alone. Because it's it's I feel like you remember was it two weeks ago where he he kind of had a, 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 a offhand meeting with everybody but Jericho and Sammy. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey guys, just hang back a second, and the door closes, and it's just MJF and the rest of the inner circle, and you're like, what? The? And I'm thinking like, okay, so I guess my initial theory was right that it's MJF is out to get Chris Jericho. Right. Well, I just look at last week in the ring. When Sammy says, I quit, and MJF looks at the camera and smirks. Yeah. You know, like the, the plan's coming together. Uh, man, they're going to be ruthless with MJF. Yeah. Do you think Sammy's ready, though, for the, for the you next know, step? You know, Sammy comes out on Wednesday night, quits the inner circle. And here's the thing. When this happens, when this happens, all I could think to myself was, you know, there's such a huge ceiling for this kid. He is, he's still young. He's like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, his athleticism's off the charts. And really, if you, if you can't look at this guy and recognize just for what he is, um, he can wrestle a number of styles. Lucha Libre, he can wrestle technically, and he can brawl. We saw it in the stadium stampede. Now, granted, they probably protected that a little bit with the editing, but it was still pretty damn good. You've got a, a really high ceiling for him. What, why not? Why not try it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'm all for it. I just, I hope it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope it's not some, you people are so stupid moment. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. You need to have this face turn for him. Let it be full-fledged. Because yeah. if well, you I'm don't, it's wasting time. Wait a minute, is... Okay, so if I'm seeing this right, the Undisputed Era have just recruited Finn Balor. Don't you do it. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> Adam Cole just super kicked Finn Balor. You spineless <laughs> bastard. Wow. Uh, you know, that's amazing. Night, night. So now the Undisputed Era is arguing. Adam Cole just super kicked Finn Balor. And now he's going to super kick. Kyle O'Reilly is down. It, what, what sense does that make? <laughs> Adam Cole is breaking up with the Undisputed Era. <laughs> That's crazy. So now he's going to go at it no, alone? Now he's going to. Uh, uh, no, he's not. He's the greatest of all time. The greatest of all times. He is a spider. <laughs> the wife does not approve. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy Strong just standing there like, what the hell just happened, man? What, why? <laughs> he looks like a dope. <laughs> he just looks like an idiot. Just standing there back against rope like, uh, what happened? Oh, he so, doesn't want to be super gay. Well, probably not. He's like, oh, it sucks to be you guys. 
<laughs> that's how takeover ends. Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. That would have been kind of cool to have Balor in the Undisputed Era. I'd have been all right with that. Dump him out for you know, do kind of like the flare bit. Dump him out after he gets too big for his britches. <clears throat> I think he's hurt. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, getting back to Sammy, Sammy Guevara is one of those rare talents, right? He's had a real challenge at the beginning of his career. Um, He said some stuff that, you know, he probably shouldn't have said, and he got held accountable, but he was a real man about it. You know, he said, you're right, I screwed up, and he went and did everything Tony Khan asked him to do. He took all the sensitivity training and, and took time to reflect. He took a pay cut when he was told to, and then he came back, and he's had some really major star moments for himself. So this turn where he says, I'm quitting the inner circle was just like, Hmm, what, uh, what are they going to do with this? Because I mean, if he goes to impact, I mean, you have those obvious matches. We talked about it early, you know, GJP, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, um, Rajit Raju. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm probably just destroying his name. Um, uh, Chris Bay, um, you know, Josh Alexander. Just, these are just some of the names that he'll have tremendous matchups with. But elevate that. Let, I mean, let's paint that picture. So we talked about Moose, right? Let's say mm-hmm. Moose wins the title from Rich Swan. Could you see Sammy Guevara and Moose? Mm, no, nah, I'm not sure on that one. I, I think I'd rather see him X Division. Um... I think that would probably work for me anyway. Work out better. I would, I, I mean, X Division is good. I mean, I'm not saying that he would win the world title, but I could see him as the. I think if he does it right, because he sells so well, he bumps so well for just about everybody. You could see him as almost like a Ricky Morton. Mm. What? I know, it's a stretch because it's still early for this guy's career, right? We could still see a lot of different things take place with him, but he has that potential to have something really big happen with him. Yeah. Well, I, again, I just want to see him get through this without him trying the old double swerve. Right. <laughs> well, Because Airluck, mm-hmm. he, will, he will be in cahoots with MJF, and he oh, will wow. turn on Jericho and go back to the Oh, I hate you so much right now. Because you, you just put that team? in the stratosphere, and literally that's probably what will happen on freaking uh, Revolution. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a feasible scenario. I mean, to me, the logical route is he's quit yeah. the inner circle. And mm-hmm. Jericho gets kicked out a few months later, or maybe even a month later, depending on how, how far they want to stretch it. And we see Sammy and Jericho, the sex gods, against the inner circle. Mm-hmm. That's what I was figuring was happening. And then they build up ultimately to another match between either Sammy and MJF, where MJF beats Sammy to get to Jericho. Mm-hmm. And then we get Jericho and MJF at like all out. That's what that's my gut. That's what I feel like they're building to. Because they want to see I think they realize and Jericho probably realizes this also 
that even though AEW doesn't necessarily concentrate on good guy and bad guy, that the reaction he gets when Judas hits, it's it's hard to really ignore that. It's kind of like Ric Flair now, you know what I mean? With Jericho and Flair and some of those guys, it doesn't matter who they... Like if Stone Cold comes out and stuns Drew McIntyre, the whole world would pop because it's Stone Cold. Right. So I think that's how Jericho is. I think if Judas hits, it doesn't matter who he's in the ring with. He's the good guy. Unless it's Orange Cassidy, because I'm not rooting against Orange Cassidy. <laughs> what? You can't root against Orange Cassidy? I'm fully in on the Orange Cassidy vibe. I mean, <laughs> between him and Luchasaurus, I mean, I got, I got nothing else to worry about. I got I got two great performers. And and when I get to watch Orange Cassidy, when he plays D&D with Brandon Cutler and the guys, I mean, it's he's hilarious. <laughs> I Cop- still have not watched that. Copper Night Flare might be the best D and D character in the history of all D and D. Copper Night Flare. <laughs> that's that what he, that's his character name, and he's just he's hilarious. He he calls himself Copper Night Flare. He's a thief or a rogue, and he he just every story moment that happens, he tries mm-hmm. to uh, throw a little. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's always got to wear his sunglasses and do something cool. Like, he, he does an acrobatic flip to get on a horse or something. Like, and then, of course, his, his constant flirting with Leva Bates and everybody else is trying to ignore it is also pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. I'll have to check it out. It, it, honestly, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, being the Elite, though, if we go a different direction here, being the Elite has not been as good. Lately. Not bad. Granted, it's not awful. I don't think it'll ever be awful. But I, I could do without the... Uh, it is funny at first, but I could do without the Good Brothers and the Bucks at the beginning. What? Luke Allen's all he ever talks about is uh, masturbation. Like, come on, man. What? What? Stan? I, I, it, what is wrong with you? He's, I mean, it's... You know me. I, lo- I always talk about being the elite. That's what I do. But, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's come funny. on, man. They always want to it's F funny. the Bucks, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole, that's the funny, that's what's so funny is they got the deer in the background. <laughs> right, right. And, and you see Matt and Nick, they're like, I don't think you can really do that. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's illegal. You can't do that. <laughs> Every time they go to try to too sweet him, he's like, no, 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 no. We'll do that, you know, off camera. Yeah, we'll do. Oh, yeah, behind camera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're executives. We can't really do that. <laughs> um, uh, now, I mean, again, some of it is, I think some of it's just as funny. There, there's not, there's no segments that I are like, um, I, I could have done without this in my life. Oh, I love when John Silver is uh, talking to Anna, Anna Jay. Anna, mm-hmm. Anna, Anna. <laughs> it's pretty oh, well, the whole Valentine's thing was pretty funny. Oh my god! Yeah, I the, said it. No, it you said cool. it. It got out there. It's out almost. there. Almost. I, I stopped at the seat. No, you, you didn't. So it was more you like didn't. Fuchs. You, you didn't. You didn't, Conor <laughs> McGregor. You didn't. <laughs> right now, Scotland is like he keeps saying it. He just keeps saying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, Brian, uh, I wanted to I want to run a theory by you. 
and I think you and I are on the same page as this. Now, for as long as you've known me, what is the company that typically I've watched without fail? Without fail? Yeah, without fail. Uh, man, you're 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 a recovering bobblehead. Right, right, and that company is. Are you gonna make me say it? Yes. The WWE. All right. Now, there's a reason I wanted you to say it because I wanted everyone to understand the dramatic part of what I'm about to say next. Okay. Uh-oh. WWE okay. is closing. Hear me out. And then, uh, then for the record, this is your theory. This is my working theory okay. since working theory. since okay. Tuesday. Now, here's what's happened. WWE just signed a billion-dollar deal with Peacock. Everybody's like, oh, all of their stuff is moving over to Peacock. It's great. And maybe it is. But Peacock has stated that whoever is going to manage the network on their side has to be a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. That should be a major red flag to anybody who's following WWE stock right now. And the reason for that is, what do you mean you need a manager for the network? You have people on this company you're working with that should be doing this. Uh Uh-uh. They don't want WWE people managing this content. That's issue number one. Here's the other part, and this just happened on Friday. WWE holds a meeting with talent and staff announcing that pay raises and promotions are temporarily frozen. That mm-hmm. No one is seeing an increase of salary. No one is seeing an increase of movement. And all of a sudden, on Wednesday, a few days before they had this meeting, the top five executives in the company acquire a large percentage more of stock. So, you got a billion dollars in the bank, Brian. You're Vince McMahon. And you also realize that your time is a little limited. You're getting older. Your company isn't doing the ratings that it once was. Your five and six million million people that were watching every single week is now one, if you're lucky. Your farm system is now becoming a, a shell of itself because every time you sign major people, you can't seem to put the right attention to it because you've got the same people making the same mistakes in the same positions. There is no end in sight. You've got a new competitor coming up your rear and they're marching past you right now in a lot of different ways now granted eric bischoff could be correct that their ratings have plateaued at nine hundred thousand. but even at nine hundred thousand, the market share of that is big enough for it to be a concern for everyone right now nine hundred thousand is a majority of your audience i'm, I'm glad you brought up eric bischoff all right so I want you to remember this guy's claim to fame was how many weeks? Oh, come on. I mean, now I've got to say How many it? weeks? 83 many weeks? weeks. Thanks, Conrad Thompson. How many? Do it again. 83 weeks. 83 weeks. That's his claim to fame, right? So let me tell you how, how uh, Eric Bischoff is, mm-hmm. right? And, it, it did, I, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because this kind of pissed me off when I read it. Oh, I, I was positive it did. I saw it. I was like, oh, Brian's going to have something to say on this. Yeah, so he took a company that had been around and was the flagship of the NWA, a national wrestling association, right? 
that at one time was nationwide before there was even such a thing as nationwide. That was what the NWA had was. Mm-hmm. The lineage, the history, and he pissed on it. Mm-hmm. And he got lightning in a bottle for how many weeks? 83 weeks! <clears throat> and I, think, I think that's copywritten for Conrad Thompson, so I have to say his name every time I do that. Good enough. But as the as those 83 weeks started to Thank you, disappear, Thompson. that airplane plummeted and, right out of the sky. In pretty record time. Yes. You took a billion dollar or million dollar company and you destroyed it. You're not that smart. You didn't do it in impact. God knows you didn't do it on impact. You helped ruin that company too. And then your claim to fame on the WWE, eh, three minutes. So your track record for you're you're kind of like Disco Inferno. Your track record for giving <sighs> advice Oof. is not really that great. Let me just bring this to everyone's attention. At one point, WCW could literally print money. WCW yes. was making tens of millions of dollars monthly. But this is in 1997 at the height of the NWO and WCW war. We're not talking Monday Night War. We're just talking at the height of WCW's popularity. In 1998, they doubled that. So they're close to going up to about $100 million a quarter in earnings. Now we get to 2000 and just into 2001, and that's when Time Warner releases, not to anybody's surprise, but releases documentation that shows that WCW, yes, they were making millions, but they were spending more. Yes. You see, here's, here's what, as, as the, the opportunity to look backwards, mm-hmm. right? Here's the key. Here's the key to all this. Is much like WrestleMania three, when Andre, it was suggested to Andre that this occur, Andre went along with it. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to that fateful night that Hogan leg drops Macho Man. If Hogan had said no, I'm going to stay yellow and red. It would have been Sting. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's documented. Yep. I'm not telling you nothing you can't look up. So does Sting, Hall, and Nash have the same effect that Hogan, Hall, and Nash did? The answer is no. While it would have been hot for a little bit, it would not have ever been as big as Hogan turning back. No NWO, no Monday Night Wars, the company falls that much faster. Mm-hmm. He got lucky that somebody decided to play ball. Hogan was smart enough once it occurred to realize, oh, we have something here. Mm-hmm. Because I'll lay money. After Hogan leg dropped Macho Man, the bell was rung. When those beer bottles started flying into the ring, Hogan was probably like, money. This is money. Mm-hmm. And he went along with it. <clears throat> no Hogan, no NWO, and I, I, Bischoff, his plane <clears throat> drops right out of the sky. And uh, that would mean, <clears throat> thank you, Conrad Thompson, no 
83 weeks. And that, I, I agree with you completely, by the way. I think that Bischoff gives himself a lot more credit than perhaps is due. I'm not saying he's not a smart man, because clearly he made some good calls. But it, you can't... When you roll the dice the way you have and start calling out the people that you have, sooner or later, someone's going to reach back out. And it's not just going to be us. It's going to be Tony Khan or, you know, someone of that ilk. And it's only going to take one time where they basically publicly call you out for what you're saying. As much as Eric Bischoff has called out Vince Russo, and we all know that, uh, Mm -hmm. it's only going to take somebody like Tony Khan or Cody Rhodes or even Chris Jericho to call Bischoff out and say, uh, hang on there, buddy. (laughs) And that'll happen. It will happen sooner than later. I'm almost positive of that. But getting, getting back to the initial topic, I haven't felt this strongly about a direction a company has been in in a long, long time. But when you start publicly basically lying in not just to your shareholders, but to your audience, saying, everything's fine. Look, I'm, I'm happy for them. I, I said it last, was it last week or week before? It was a great deal. And it is a great deal to get on Peacock. That's a billion dollars. Nobody's dumb enough to call that bad. But here's what it also means. Now you have the, the structure, the, uh, the backup, and the mainframe to basically just have your content constantly streaming. That doesn't mean you need new content anymore. Now, let's not be stupid. This isn't going to happen in six months or six weeks. There's still some timeline here. But over the next few months, if we don't start seeing things in the frame of a downsizing, I would be very, very surprised. Because yes. you run at a very high pace. And you've spent a lot of money. And you've made a lot of money. But what we haven't seen, and perhaps we will as this gets closer and closer to the doors finally closing, um, something is something's out there that we haven't seen yet. So here's, uh, you brought up the peacock, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> they paid how much for the network? Oh, it's over a billion dollars. Okay. So you realize, right, that they stand to lose in this venture for a year or two. And that's if they can generate enough new people to get them out of it. Right. And there are experts that have talked about this that said the only real way they're going to be able to manage this past a couple of years is for them to merge it with somebody. Right. So, I want you to do the math here, because the name that got thrown out there as one of the only legit places that could do this, mm-hmm. it's not Netflix, which is a major streaming service. Right. It's not Disney, which is another major streaming, major streaming service. Mm-hmm. It's Warner. Somebody please remind me who falls under the Warner umbrella. To the best of my knowledge, uh, Turner owns it. Yeah, No, no. What wrestling federation? Oh, AEW. 
Correct. So if the only way for Peacock to pull this off is to merge, be bought out or whatever by Warner, mm-hmm. what do you think happens to the network? Well, and that's what that's one of the things that really stood out to me about the deal. It is a great deal for Vince McMahon. And if there was ever a time, once it's finalized, to start to get ready to step away, I mean, now's the time. You've got a structure. You've got a company that will guarantee your legacy lives on forever. And NBC will do WWE justice as far as making sure their content is available. But they don't... How many hours of content's on the network, Brian? A lot. Yeah, 17,000 hours or something crazy like that. If you literally restarted the timeline for WWWF and started from show one and rebroadcast it end to end, you have enough for your network to live stream everything for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You don't However, have to do though, Monday Night Raw anymore. You don't have to do SmackDown or NXT. Yeah, but however, though, the problem here is is the bill of goods that you were sold from a guy that apparently has been charming the pants off of everybody. Because every deal has been about a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Fox, <laughs> Saudi Arabia deal, yeah. uh, Peacock. I mean, this guy's making some major cash, yeah. right? But... On the back end of this, it hasn't worked out for anybody. Fox could probably replace SmackDown with any number of programs and draw more viewers than Aaron SmackDown. Right. If Peacock is going to lose their butt, because think about it. So you got two versions of Peacock, right? You got a four ninety nine with commercials and a nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Why am I paying nine ninety nine when I can pay four ninety nine and watch a thirty second commercial? Right. Well, add to that that the whether or not he sold them a bill of goods or not is I to me it's immaterial because we're not talking about them going bankrupt and shutting the door. They're, that's not that's not where this is headed. When I say they're closing or when it's getting ready to wrap up, don't get it twisted. They're not they're not ever going to be never seen again. You're going to see them all the time. But it's just, there's no longer going to be the puppet master at the back with the last name of McMahon. We used to joke about the time that that would happen would be when he's dead. And that's still sick to me that we joked about another person being dead. But still, the truth of the matter is we're really not far at all from Vince really being gone. Because once NBC Universal takes over... They're taking over. Like, it's the WWE as we know it is is going to be no more. Yeah, but, uh, you know, again, that's just, well, we, of course, we haven't seen the paperwork. Well, we don't know what's in the paperwork, but, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. But again, so. There, there have been a lot of little stumbling blocks. Yeah. Right? But what you have to look at is you have to realize that they're at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. The snow, the snowball could 
be starting to roll. Right. And never say never. I'm telling you, never say never. Right. Sears, gone. Mm-hmm. Kmart, gone. Toys R Us, gone. Right? There's only been one real company that's, like, literally been on its deathbed that's managed to pull itself out of it. And that was Walmart. Well, and, and here's the other thing. <clears throat> the laundry list that used to exist of controversies that used to follow Vince McMahon back in the 80s and 90s is coming back up. So, in 1992, late 91, early 92, a gentleman by the name of Tom Cole had a lawsuit against WWF, Vince McMahon, Terry Garvin, and another uh, high-ranking official who, until it's proven, I won't, I won't say his name because I'm not trying to go that direction. Don't want to speak ill of the dead. But this lawsuit was big enough to the point where it made it onto Donahue. Brian, you might remember this. Vince McMahon actually sits down across a table with his lawyer from Tom Cole and his lawyer and airs their grievance about how Tom Cole had sued for sexual harassment and was basically laughed at a court because Vince had paid off everybody. This is the same guy, by the way, who helped Jimmy Snuka cover up a murder. Let's not forget that. So all of these things, since Dark Side of the Ring has been rebroadcasting some, some of this stuff, are starting to come back. If I'm Vince McMahon, I'm not stupid. I'm going to say, hey, uh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to go be a grandfather, <laughs> you know, to get out while the getting is good, to take my money and run, because there's not going to be a better time. There's just not. Yeah, I mean, We're no longer at that place anymore where WWE is like uncrowned king of the mountain all the time. Because yeah, I mean, it, who knows what USA is going to do with them? Yeah. And, and again, this isn't saying like, hey, next week we're off the air. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's Vince is going to be gone and it's going to be sooner than later. We, we don't have a timeline here because it just hasn't happened yet. Once it unfolds, you're all going to sit there and you're going to say the same thing that I'm saying, and that's, holy hell, it's actually happening. But it is. And NBC Peacock, that deal is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Brian, it is that magical so, witching hour here. But wait a second. I think we can, we can like, in, in today's WWE is kind of the same when... Scott Steiner won the WCW title for the first time. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? You know, I can you actually... You know the end is near. Yeah, I can kind of agree with you because at this point it's like if you don't do a major reboot, <laughs> if you don't get your ducks in a row and fast, you're about to see some Steiner math. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah, but listen, I, I'm telling you, I've done the Steiner math. <laughs> like every, every, every Tuesday I hear the Steiner math. I think the Steiner math is correct. I got 33 and 1.3% chance plus 65. I I, I think the Steiner math is correct. And that's coming from two guys that have on opposite sides of a spectrum most times of the conversation are in firmly in the middle saying, yeah, that time might be here. (laughs) I've been telling you. You just got to open your eyes. The thing is, I don't think the door is for the company itself closes. I think the door closes for McMahon. And I think that's what we're seeing. Here's here's the big issue. 
right? Here's the big issue. When you take McMahon out, mm-hmm. who's the next guy? That's a good Even point. Even if it's Triple H, right? He's not going to have the knowledge Vince has. Right. And when the mistakes start happening, it's going to snowball. Right. And you're already at one of the lowest points viewer-wise on USA Network. Mm-hmm. Very true. Right? Fox, eh, maybe they're happy, maybe they're not. In your NXT, which the move was to counter-program, is failing miserably. So mm-hmm. if USA, if you promise USA a million views and you ain't, you ain't even been close, yeah, again... I think in the coming weeks, Brian, I think we're going to start seeing documentation just make its way out there. You know what I mean? Memos, emails, things like that. Mm. We'll just start seeing it mysteriously. Oh, yeah. If if they're starting on SmackDown, you know somebody's going to squeal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially after that meeting. So, Brian, it's it's that time, sir. So, what final thoughts of the week? (laughs) I, I... I got, did we get, oh man, I got a half hour. You're not cutting me short. You're not cutting me off. <laughs> i tell you what I can do. I can drop the headset and let you go as long as you want. It'll cut You're off eventually. You're not cutting me off. <laughs> You're not cutting me off. It'll cut Don't off eventually. Cut off. If it gets quiet, it's just, I'm just busy. It's okay. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the interview though? You can't cut me off. Don't you count me down. Don't you ever count me <laughs> down. It. Don't you count me down. <laughs> Steve Austin used to do only that. Cousin, only because it's Valentine's Day. Hey, you know. <laughs> happy wife equals happy life, sir. Come on, we all know the rules. I mean, I don't, I don't know how Really, you, you're telling me? You're I, telling me? I don't know how you rules? rickroll yours, but, you know. <laughs> you're telling me the rules. I can only say that because she can't hear me. <laughs> We've been right. together longer than I've known you. That's I know fair. the rules. Yeah, I was going to say, you know the rules. <laughs> So you can, of course, catch up with Rob. He's doing his dad thing tonight, but at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter. Brian's at STRCP21, which, uh, hey, Brian, all of a sudden you're tweeting once a week? This is too much. I can't keep up. Wait, what did I tweet this week? You don't remember? No. What you know, I it's really sad that you can't remember what you tweeted. Uh, something about the forbidden door. Did I? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And, of uh, course, you know, hey, I got, I got, I got people. <laughs> He's got a social media team. <laughs> I got, a, I got a team. Yeah. So anyway, thought of the week: the door's gone. Uh, this week, New Japan comes to America. Let's just enjoy, it, right? Yeah, man. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it, the the exp- the conversation anymore is is needed for who's better or whatever. Dude, just enjoy what's on your TV. Just, That's right. Just enjoy it, man, because you may not have this for a long, long time after it's all done. So enjoy That's right. It. That's right. And I'm sure if you combine all the ratings from New Japan, AAA, AEW, uh, NWA, and, of course, the uh, 12,000 people that turn into Twitch on Tuesday for Impact, uh, it might very well <laughs> rival. Carry the, the big, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael Pete combined. <laughs> and I think, honestly, you might be right. I think that what we're seeing is the audience is more diverse and, and what they're accessing is when they want to. And that's that's just where we are right now. Um, that's right. 
Of course, you can catch up with me at Stan Grubb on Twitter at uh, the show, C2C Radio Show, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Corner to Corner, Twitter, everywhere. C2CRadioShow.com, NewAttitudeMedia.com. We'll be back next week. Elimination Chamber time, so it might be some pay-per-view hysteria. But uh, I guess that'll do Wait, what's next week? What next week, Elimination it? Chamber. Hot dog. I like that one. I like the chamber matches. I don't know how I feel about the pay per view, but I like the matches. All right, folks. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to this blind kid. Yeah, I know, right? Just pay per view. Enjoy it. See how I'm trying to to push this. So there's. I got five minutes out of you. There's a a six man chamber, and the winner takes on Roman. I'm going to hit the music. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Wait, I'm not not done yet. Oh, you're done. (laughs) What's that? What's that, Vince? Yep, yep. Damn. Oh, you don't want to hear this, Damn, pal. Got a tiny <laughs> Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>